1: It's important to know who you can trust. At last, a new source that's reliably reliable, informatively informational, and never wrong. Unfortunately, you're not listening to it. Instead, you're listening to...
2: The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. I'm Charles Firth and with me today are Dom Knight and Nina Oyama. Hey. Hello. And I'll tell you what, guys, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it?
3: It has been another interesting week. If by interesting you mean full of death and tragedy.
2: Yes, and, well, and Scott Morrison facing... Huge questions about the government's bungling of aged care. You know, it's a federal responsibility. No, no, no. Terrible bungle. No,
3: no, that's definitely the states. I'm sure he said it was the states.
2: Oh, it was the states, was it? Yeah, or it's the
3: local councils.
2: Yeah, right, okay. Or it's Uh, my mum's fault. Anyway, so on the back of this huge scandal in aged care, he, of course, did what you would do as the leader in charge of the nation and he announced a vaccine. We've got a vaccine. We're
3: saved. I mean, last week we said on the podcast Russia... Mm. has a vaccine but now Australia's got one too. We got one. When do we
2: get it? Well, it well, it, I mean it doesn't actually Have exist. They
4: actually said that they haven't made one at all.
2: No, but they have signed a deal to to make a deal
4: to sign a deal to make a deal. Yeah. An announcement for a deal yeah. in a deal.
2: And the company denied the company that they signed it with denied <laughs> that they'd made the deal. Right.
4: Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm excited for this announcement.
2: And at least we're not talking about all this bungling in aged care, don't you think? What aged care? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, oh the other thing is, by the way, that it is going to be completely mandatory. Uh, Scott Morrison announced that it's going to be completely man- mandatory. Although, well, that's good. It, it won't be compulsory. Oh, hmm. yeah.
4: Now, I might be an idiot, but aren't compulsory and mandatory the same thing? No, aren't they synonyms of each no, other? No, because
3: one of them it reassures the rest of us that the government's got a plan for public health. The other one is designed to reassure anti-vaxxers that they won't be forced to have the vaccine that gives autism.
2: And anyway, we're not talking about aged care, so who cares? Grandma cares. That's who cares. So, but who who do you think should get the vaccine first? Obviously, it's not going to be twenty five million. You know, straight out of the door. Who who's most deserving of getting this vaccine when it finally arrives?
3: Well, it's got to be merit. It's got to be you've got to look at medical need mm. and who you know. Needs it most, so that's marginal electorates.
2: <laughs> that's <right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. So Eden a minaro mm, They're the absolutely Fun. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. saved.
4: I think, I think all the Karens should get vaccinated first so that that way, if they don't want to wear a mask and they don't have to, it works out well for everyone. That's
3: great. It's not mandatory unless you're a Karen.
4: Unless you're a Karen.
2: I reckon it should go to grandparents first.
4: Nah, fuck them.
2: No, 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 no. Hear me out. It's not that I care about grandparents, man. I don't care about them. You just want to give them autism. No, I just I just want them to look after my kids again.
3: What We doing get rid of the kids. But, Charles, don't worry. The real answer will clearly be that boomers get it first. Not only is it ScoMo's, you know. Um, yes. What's the word on the Is it ScoMo's base? Yeah. But also they get everything first. You know, yeah. of course. You know, they're the only ones with houses that they actually own during this whole crisis. They'll get it first. That's so
4: true. And they'll get it for free and they'll have a great time. And then by the time it gets to millennials like me, it'll be like thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh no, I'm thinking of university, but. And houses. Yeah. And everything. So.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You're not,
3: you're not actually getting the vaccine now. Millennials (laughs) are out.
2: Coming up on the show today, I'm talking about my son's 12th birthday, which is a bit of a nail biting tale. Oh, skip forward to that
3: right now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm talking about all the weird COVID rules that exist overseas,
4: and I'm talking about diversity in Australian broadcasting.
2: But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Day and with the Chaser news headline.
4: Scott Morrison announced
1: yesterday that 25 million Australians have been vaccinated against COVID-19 after the government signed a deal with pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca. The Prime Minister denied his announcement was premature since no vaccine exists yet and no deal was signed. He told reporters that getting 25 million people vaccinated was a huge step in the fight against coronavirus and it was great that it had already happened next year. The Nine Network have today hit back at a media diversity report which accused the broadcast of severely underrepresenting minority groups and people of colour. The station pointed out that they have provided a raft of opportunities for struggling minorities, such as red haired people like Pauline Hanson. As the race for the White House intensifies, there are mounting fears that Democrats could dig up old tweets by Donald Trump that are offensive. Republican strategists fear that old tweets from last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday will resurface, casting Donald Trump in a bad light. Trump has posted almost 55,000 tweets from his account, with 54,000 containing objectionable content. That's the latest Chaser News.
2: Thanks, Vic. Hey, Vic, have you been tested for coronavirus yet?
1: Yeah, I had to get one the other day. How come? I've been moonlighting as a security guard at one of those quarantine hotels. Really? Does it pay well? No, the pay is terrible, but the sex is awesome. The Chaser Report. News a few days after it happens.
2: The Chaser Report is brought to you by the federal government's deal to deliver 25 million doses of the vaccine. Yay! That doesn't exist yet. Ah. Oh. Oh. And it's only an agreement to maybe have a deal. Oh, okay. The Chaser Report. Now
4: with extra whispers. Okay, so Charles and Dom, this week a report on cultural diversity in Australian TV presenters was released. Mm. And surprise, bitch, uh, turns out this country is not very diverse when it comes to on-screen talent. And I'm I'm shook.
2: I am surprised. I am so surprised. Look yeah, I mean, the, Did you know about face. this? I've just got this sort of <laughs> shock.
4: Just your jaw is yeah. on the floor. Look, I'm not going wa- I- to... They,
2: did they include people doing blackface? Because I reckon if they included a, or every presenter who's done blackface, then actually Australia would be fairly well... Wait, you know, as, represented.
4: In, in, as an if you include them as people of colour or yeah. if you include them in a whole other section called um, racists.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well, well, either way, there's a real diversity there. Like if you included every, you know, Jonah from Tonga episode... Then probably, actually, we've got really good diversity on our screen. I think.
4: <laughs> I think I we're, I think I think we're already cancelled. Um, but I do, I do think it's also about uh, TV presenters. So Chris Lilly probably wouldn't have been oh, counted. Okay. Your right hero, Chris Lily, yeah. yes. even if he, um, even if someone actually thought he was Tongan.
2: So, but, but my point remains, which is, say, Carl Stefanovic dressed up in blackface, then that would address media diversity, wouldn't it, <laughs> Charles? It,
3: in 2020, let's just be yeah. very clear. That sarcasm is usually uh, misinterpreted as sincerity. Oh, so, okay. Okay. You
2: know. okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just show That's up.
4: okay. It's too late. Someone's <laughs> going to clip out this whole segment. It's been good and working put it on Twitter. for the
2: past
3: 20 yeah, years.
4: Yeah, RIP I Charles Firth. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. Like, I personally have been aware of the lack of diversity um, for several years. And to be honest, I'm actually in a group chat with a lot of uh, people of colour. Mm. And all we do is bitch about how there's no diversity on screen. And now the whole country is talking about it. And, like, I just feel like that was our thing, you know. Di- yes. Discussing diversity in broadcast, that was just another thing that white people have appropriated Have appropriated
2: that your diversity.
4: Yeah. That's hilarious. Although
3: that does sound there. like a much more fun group chat than any of my white people group chats, to be honest.
4: It probably is. And the food's better, too. Um, no, I'm honestly like, I'm happy that this. Do you, report- do you
2: discuss food in this group? Like, do you talk about all the delicious food that you eat? Yeah,
4: and- we talk about spices. This- also, a spice is something that you put in your meal oh, to make know, it taste better. better.
2: Right, So it's a bit like Vegemite or something?
4: Yeah, it's like, mm. it's exactly like Vegemite is a spice. <laughs> um, that's the widest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I, I'm actually happy that this report has come out because I feel like it's just confirmed everything that we've been suspecting for a long time. The, the report has kind of like divided the percentage of presenters um into three segments Mm. so they've divided into an Anglo-Celtic background which is like your regular white people and then European background which is like your fancy white people um that eat cheese and then you got your indigenous and non-European backgrounds now I want to see if I want to have a crack and see if you can have a guess of the percentages that make up Australian TV presenters are you okay Mm. with this
2: yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. All
4: right, let's do this. Yeah, so let
2: the humiliation begin.
4: So, um, let's go with Anglo-Celtic background. Yeah. How much? How many Anglo-Celts do you think make up?
2: Look, I, TV? I don't know, but just in round figures maybe 100% <laughs> That's
4: close. Yeah. do you <laughs> yeah, have a crack.
3: Is there a higher number than 100%? <laughs> hey, look, but it's got to be it's got to be 70 plus, I think.
4: Yeah, so it's 76%. It, you're <laughs> kidding. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, and that's just of people from Scottish and English and British. Does percent.
2: that include cuz I'm I think of myself as diverse cuz I'm actually my family's from Yorkshire which is sort of Northern English. It's not quite Scottish. So,
4: Sorry, but you're still a filthy anglo Celt. <laughs> so. I mean, it is true
3: though. As someone else from, from Britain, entirely, my ancestry is entirely British. Um, yeah, Yorkshire, people from Yorkshire are sort of the scum of yeah, Britain.
2: Yeah, I am the scum of,
4: like, doesn't that count for something, Nina? But you're not even the scum of, like, anglo Celts because, like, isn't within that region there's Ireland, which I'm not... I don't think, wow, She's, this she's is comparing me,
2: like... me to Irish people. <laughs> wow, you know, that's like me saying that you're from Chinese background because you're Japanese. No,
4: I'm just saying in terms of like the hierarchy of white oppression, you're not even at the bottom.
2: The different islands. But it is true. It is true
3: that back in the day in Australia that they thought of the Irish yes. as other, like as being the, the dirty Irish. It's Isn't yeah. it bizarre how things change? Mm. Yeah.
4: Anyway, so we're moving on to European <laughs> backgrounds. How much of a percentage Ooh. do you think Europeans
2: Well, I'm going like- to go I'm going to go with the Chaser, the original on-screen Chaser oh, team. 1 in so Chaz was our diversity pick cuz he he's Italian. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I'm going to say 1 in so 14%. But isn't he cancelled out
3: by our South
2: African? Oh yeah, well, no, is South Africa? That's very yeah, who's diverse. He's South
4: African, Craig. Right. Ah, yeah,
2: he's he's completely. So I mean, but he'd be considered sort of. Oh,
4: is that like European as yeah. well? Because the South Africans were oh, colonized okay. by the Dutch.
2: No, he's.
3: He, I think he's Anglo. Oh, Bruce Castle mm. might be. He Dutch. might. He might be black. Oh, okay. I don't know.
4: Well, do you want to have a crack at? There <laughs> <laughs> is no, no way this is going. <laughs> <in>? <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs>
2: okay, so, right, so, I re- so okay, let's say twenty-eight percent. If we if we're saying Chaz and Craig are uh, European, therefore it's 28% of presenters. Would, would that be about right?
4: No, the answer is 18%. So oh, European presenters are yeah. actually quite rare. Quite They're, the yeah. so They're a minority. They're a
2: white minority. What does that leave? It leaves about 1% of people who are not. From European or Anglo-Celtic it, right.
4: it leaves six percent. Six percent, yeah, a whopping six percent.
2: Oh my god! And are they all just on the feed? Is it? That- yeah, pretty much. They're yeah. all.
4: Most of them are within ABC and SBS, and right. and,
2: and
3: to be clear, ABC yeah. News Channel, not main channel.
2: And do the like? How does Channel Seven? Does the cash cow count as a diversity pick? As a as a bovine Australian. <laughs>
4: I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did at this point because um, it's black and white. Yeah. So. Um, but it is is—it is a pretty depressing study because within that 6%, so most of the journalists of colour felt that their identity was actually a hindrance to their careers. So they found because they weren't white, it was really hard. Um, they found that there was only one Indigenous board member across the whole TV news industry and compared to America and the UK, we're 20 years behind them in terms of representation. So... It's not looking great, guys.
2: No. Um, this is really depressing.
4: Yeah, but obviously, I mean, that's just from one landmark mm. study. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. No. Um, because when it comes to representation, you know, I want to hear from real marginalised people, people like Karl Stefanovic. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he wrote this week in response, he wrote, I'm not sure how diverse you need to be to qualify for diverse, but I'm of Yugoslav, German, and British heritage with the surname Stefanovic. I used to be called a Wog at school. I'm proud of my heritage, and I'm pretty sure it's diverse, and nine have always supported that.
3: I suspect that he's now rebranding himself for Stefanovic. Is that right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> but no, but
3: it's quite funny that he put British in there. Like, it's the yeah. surely the point where he's writing, and British. He should have had a little bit of self-awareness <laughs> about the problem with that tweet. But, no, I mean.
2: But also, wait a minute. The, 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 you missed, I mean, yeah, sure, the diversity thing. But the the huge story here, surely, is that Carl Stevanovic got bullied at school. Like,
4: like, not enough. Clearly not enough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like the really good-looking alpha male guy got bullied at school. Like, what a fuckwit.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, I, my problem with Carl is that he actually, like, is white in my eyes. I'm like, I don't care. But also the fact that he's said like some pretty racist stuff in the past. So for him to come out and be like, I'm diverse Mm. when he defended the cartoonist that drew the racist character of Serena Williams, or he said to an Indian cricket fan, who's manning the Seven Eleven during the cricket game. Like, so I, I like personally think diversity is really important. Mm. Um, and like not to like to my own horn here, but occasionally like I get messages from young Asian Australians saying that they're glad to see themselves represented on TV. I don't, I don't know, like I don't I don't feel like I'm doing stuff, but it's a nice thing to know that people feel represented by me. But I guess, do you guys ever get messages from, you know, young white boys saying that they're, glad you're out here repping the caucasians
3: (laughs) yeah that they just hadn't seen anyone like themselves on tv before the chaser turned up yeah right Mm. yeah
4: yeah Yeah. you get them all the time yeah so actually in this discussion we we really have failed to mention one very important ethnicity so Mm -hmm. um let's hear from this man barnaby joyce who felt he was actually very underrepresented
3: what you wear and what your color is is
2: completely irrelevant i'm red but how many of those do we have on television?
4: <laughs> how, so how many red people well, do we think we have on television? We've got
2: tonnes of red people on television. But There's a whole segment called Red Faces. I mean, and Barnaby Joyce was the Deputy Prime Minister of Australia. He's hardly a
3: sort of oppressed minority. And there are lots of other nutcases like Barnaby Joyce on TV as well. So
4: I think, like, the worst part of reading this report for me is that I don't think that that ratio of whatever it was, 94% being white. I don't think that that is actually reflect of our society as Australians.
2: No, it was definitely not, is it? Because, like, there's far more diverse. Like, Australia is a far more diverse country now. But if
4: you go to any like
3: pretty much any school um, in Sydney now, except in perhaps in the, a couple of whiter suburbs, you'll see massive diversity. And, mm. I mean, it's, it's going to take care of itself eventually. And you, sure. go,
2: you go out to restaurants, they put spice in the food nowadays. I mean, yeah. totally diverse.
4: Yeah, and there is, like, I feel like there is an issue in Australian TV where people are complaining, like, no, no one's really watching TV, you know, anymore. And that they, like, panned to this old white kind of base. But I feel like if we wanted to make a change and maybe if you wanted more people watching TV, you'd put people that look like Australians on TV. Mm. Just, a, just a little tip. Well, if we just gave
3: Nina every job in Australian television, it would be absolutely fine.
4: Yeah, I think, I think that's a great idea.
1: The Chaser Report.
2: Less news, less often. Okay, Nina and Dom, my son had a big... Big birthday the other day. 12 years old.
0: Wow.
2: Big, Almost a teenager. Yep. You know, at, at around this age, Freud said that uh, your child starts getting jealous of you. And, you know, there's this whole. Sort of jealousy thing going on. Oh,
4: that's okay. I don't think he has to worry about that.
2: <laughs> well, no, I, no. The, the thing is I've got the reverse, which is I'm jealous of him.
3: Yeah, he's, <laughs> just, he's the school captain. He's already amounted to more than you have in your entire career. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> but, but also so he had about 12 friends to his birthday party. Mm-hmm. All of them just gave him money. He made like four hundred and fifty bucks out of his
3: bloody birthday. Is that what kids want now? You don't have to think anything; just give money, and they, he probably just put it straight into his fortnight credit. Did he?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's all. No, it's, he's dreaming of buying a computer mouse, and oh, he's got big dreams. But actually, last night, because I think he overheard me and my wife um, chatting about household finances, he actually offered to use his. But this is honestly true. He said, "I got four hundred and fifty dollars." Maybe we should move to a bigger house. <laughs> he, honestly, he honestly thought. It like, that doesn't even cover like a week of rent. Like that
3: <laughs> poor child and the absolutely crushing disappointment he's going to have when he discovers what Sydney property prices are like.
2: And, we, and, and my wife and I were just, we were just laughing at him and you could see his confusion like, you know, really? Is it that?
3: And he's just going, <laughs> this is the most money I can imagine in the whole world. And it's not enough to get a house.
2: Anyway. Like, not even a bathroom. So we had, it was on Saturday, it was his birthday and and we said it was beautiful, sunny day, 21 degrees, just absolutely beautiful Sydney August day. And we said, w- what do you want to do for your birthday party? You've got 12 people coming around. And he went, I want to sit inside in an internet cafe all day. And so that's what we did. We went out to Burwood, um, quite a long way to go on a, on a train. So we, we did a whole... Train trip and tram trip to get out there. I oh, say
3: so you made it involve outdoors on the way. Yeah, on right.
2: the way, yeah, which which they loved because they all had to get into masks and everything. it was very cute. Um, anyway, and we got there and we walk into this dingy like dungeon of a of a. Internet cafe, you know the sort of things where. Oh yeah, these
4: I'm familiar. I love internet cafes. Oh really? Oh, yeah, really? I used to spend a lot of time there as a child. Well,
2: you're you're actually you're much closer in age to him than you are to me. Aren't really? You? Yes, yes, because you're you're about what. 14 years 18, older than... 18, yeah, I know, so... You, you're about 14,
4: aren't you? No, I'm 27. I actually just turned 27 as well. Oh, well, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you.
2: Anyway, so you're... you're I'm twins
4: with your son, yes. Basically.
2: But it, it, do the internet cafes you go to have things like, you know, sort of fluorescent lighting or the, that sort of... It, it sort of looked like it was a heroin. You know, they were trying to stop heroin injecting. You know, there's like a blue like light. Blue yes,
4: yeah, I think it's part of the vibe. I always find it quite spacey when you go when you go down to those places, and they got the cool chairs yeah. and everyone's eating like instant ramen. Yes, and chips. yes, oh, that's exactly I what I love. It, yeah, it's my favorite food. So
3: when you say net cafes, like mm. you, you and I are much older, as, as we always mentioned. I mean, we used to have to go to internet cafes to use the internet because yeah, we yeah. didn't have Wi-Fi, we didn't have it at home. Right. Um. So if you're travelling, you have to go there to check your email. Am I right in thinking that what you're actually saying is a gaming cafe? Like, yeah, like they don't need gaming, internet.
2: Yeah, like, so they they have these amazing computers set up and with huge screens, and they've got all the games pre-installed on the thing, and then yeah, and, and it's then. great
4: because it's all on the one server So then you don't you can actually play with other people in the internet cafe. Mm. I actually used to sneak out of home um, and at night to go to internet cafes. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening. And this is actually so sad. This is too sad to be cool. But we would go to internet cafes and just just to hang out because it was something to do at nighttime. Well, this there was
2: is nothing on. this is the thing. They loved it. We, we arrived there and we said, "So, how long do you want to get? You like two hours, you know?" That hmm. And they said, "Let's get the seven-hour package." And then, so we went, "Oh, can we break it up? You know, we'll have lunches." I mean, and they said, "No, you're not allowed to like, like once you've started your." Seven-hour seven package, right. You have to stay in the internet cafe for seven hours. So we said no. We made it to Yeah, I mean, the longer you
4: three. play, the higher your, your kill streak is. I used to play Call of Duty. Me and my friends would sit in internet cafes and play Call of Duty, like, on the server. But because we were, like, quite young girls, like, no one ever sus- suspected that we were playing on it. Right. And so what we used to do was hide out in places and we used to snipe at people. It's called camping when you camp out in a place and then you people and kill them (laughs) and you can get a really high kill streak from sniping. It's not, it's not a good technique. Like it's not respectable. In fact, it's quite a a dog act.
3: But hang on, doesn't, isn't this what you should do to solve media diversity? Just whole just hide out in the lobbies of, of like the ABC and Channel nine, Channel Seven, and, <laughs> and just snipe, shoot, yeah, snipe yeah. white TV presenters.
4: That that would really help. There's certainly
2: enough of them. You
3: know?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's true. I mean, like I'm I'm Asian, so if I did that, they'd just look at me and be like, oh, she's the model minority, and I'd get away with it. Yes. Like, Nina would never do that. Well, that's that's kind of what we did at um at the internet cafe. Is that the boys would kind of look over at us and be like, oh, there's a bunch of girls there. Like they're not, they're yeah. clearly not the snipers, and we'd just be there being like, pooh pooh. It's very good. It was a lot of fun.
2: Wow. It reminded me never to go to a computer cafe with Nina. <laughs> Badass. Anyway, so but the thing that worried us was, you know, this is a time of COVID and everything like that, mm. and there was quite a lot of people already there when we arrived. Who were probably extremely sweaty. And, and, you're, and you're sitting right next to yeah. these people. That's
4: true. I mean, gamers are not known for their mm. hygiene.
2: But then we realised that they probably have been sitting there since before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So actually the, the tra- this is like the world's greatest self-isolation. Yeah, it's a bubble. Bubble, yeah, mm. it's a bubble. It's like the NRL bubble, but the losers. But <laughs> anyway, so... Um, so Yeah, it was a lot of fun. By the end of the day, um, three kids in the party of 12 had come up to me individually and said, this is so awesome. I'm going to have my birthday party here. (laughs) Like, like it was the greatest triumph of a birthday party you have ever seen.
4: And is that, like, the least amount of effort you've ever put into a birthday party? Because I imagine, like, other kids' birthday parties, you have to go to the park, you have to bring all the food, you have to get the cake. And this one, you just trotted up a bunch of kids to an internet cafe.
2: Trotted them up to an internet cafe. There were no arguments because they weren't even talking to each other, except via the headsets. Mm. And even that was just about how to kill each other. So it was sort of perfectly civil. And my wife and I just got to sit there... and read our books. It was so good. It was the best ca- birthday ever.
3: Now Charles I'm a bit torn by this because on the one hand it seems a bit sad to have all these kids just sitting in our little basement mm. looking at screens whatever but then in the era of COVID the fact that they were actually in the same place as their friends mm. probably the best day in a very long time. Oh it's, absolutely.
4: The internet cafe is like truly the opposite of Zoom in that you know with Zoom you're like all talking to each other but you're in different places mm. whereas in the internet cafe, you're all in the same place, but you're not talking to each other.
2: Yep, it's perfect. It's beautiful. And, and I actually, I, I, it was such a good day that I got my whole book read. Uh, it's a fascinating book, actually. It's it's about the psychological impact of too much screen time on 12-year-olds. <laughs> fascinating read. <laughs>
4: well, that's good. Did you learn anything?
2: <laughs> nah.
4: <laughs>
1: the Chaser Report.
2: More news. More news less often. The Chaser Report is brought to you by the federal government, who's vaccinated over 25 million people against the COVID-19 virus next year.
4: What? That doesn't make sense.
2: Yes, it does. It's all here in the press release from Scott Morrison himself. Really? Oh, yeah. The federal government's vaccine is the perfect protection against COVID-19 if you just ignore the fact that it doesn't exist yet.
1: Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence.
3: This is the Chaser Report. So, Nana and Charles, it's time to catch up on the very latest news from the terrible pandemic that's ruining everything. COVID Watch. Yes, indeed. Now, look, Australia has come under a bit of criticism in the past week or so for the rule that basically nobody can leave. Um, people have been applying to leave Australia, only one in four get to actually get on a plane and get out of here. And people have compared it to East Germany or Stalin or mm. Mark Latham or whatever. What do you think of that rule before we get on, onto all the other weird rules elsewhere?
2: Well, I think this is exactly like East Germany. I mean, East Germany is famed for its sun-drenched beaches and uh, and lovely coffee, um, <laughs> as is North Korea. So, yeah, I, I can see how, how horrible it must be for people in that situation of having to... Stay in Australia.
3: Yeah, which is relatively safe from COVID-19. I
4: think they've just got to wait it out, man. Like, you know, after mm. after the war ended, East East Germany became a really trendy, artsy place. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so in some ways Melbourne, if they wait it out, will become even more Melbourne than yeah. they've ever been before. Wow.
3: Oh, my God, peak Melbourne. It's going to happen. But the thing is every country has rules. that can seem a little bit arbitrary, a little bit strange, as we all try and, and contain COVID. We don't really know what works. So let's head to India. We're in the town of Pune. So you know how sometimes they have rules that cars with odd numbers can drive on one day and even the next day? Yeah. In Purnah they've put in the same rules with shops. So um, odd-numbered shops can open on one day and even another day. But what that means is that one side of the street is open on one day and the other side is open on the other day. Do you think that would work?
2: I feel like this is just not addressing the problem at all because doesn't it just mean that one side of the street is crowded one day one side of the street? In fact, probably doubly crowded. Yeah, because everyone from the other side goes to that side.
4: Yeah, and then also what if, like, for example, what if the butcher is on, like, one side and then the grocer is on the other side so people are still going to be in crowds no matter what?
2: Yeah. I think this is a terrible... Yeah, and you're constraining the number of places that people can be. This is a terrible idea. Is this by the pro-COVID coalition of India or something?
3: (laughs) Well, look, they tried it. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they certainly experimented. In Panama, uh, they've also got the idea of splitting everyone in half. What they've done is one day women can go out and the other day men can go out. How do you think that would work in practice?
4: I think that would be a utopia and I would love it for that to happen here. That would be
2: a utopia for you. Because I would d-
4: never run into any men on the street and it would feel amazing. I could walk home alone at night. It would be oh, safe, wouldn't it? There are things I could do. There are things I could do. But
2: what about us? We'd have to hang out with all the dickhead men. The only people we'd be able to interact with would be dickhead oh, men. That's It'd what
4: you get. That's what you get for being a man.
3: It'd be like being in The Chaser all the time everywhere. That would, I, I'd...
2: And we cannot, we cannot allow this to happen because if it actually, you know, w- w- propaganda of the deed. Once they've done it, women will never want to go back. Like no. even after the pandemic, it'll be like nah. And imagine every single, like,
3: shop and restaurant would just be so lovely and clean and nice on the women's day. And on the men's day, five (laughs) seconds it would just have a smell of piss. (laughs) (laughs) The entire city would be a urinal. Now, um, in Russia, another place with a lot of COVID around, uh, they've made not only masks mandatory but also rubber gloves. What do you think of that? Rubber gloves... Everyone has to wear them in public.
2: I think you're a bit confused. On that's not actually to do anything to do with COVID. That's just so that when they assassinate journalists, they don't leave any fingerprints around. Oh,
3: right. Yeah. I thought it was when they dismembered bodies. Anyway, yeah. Now, another place with an unusual rule is in Singapore, um, where they've got a very, very good metro system, but there's no talking on trains. This is the rule. So, uh, no one can can speak and vocalise and and emit aerosol. Does that
4: make sense? I mean, does anyone talk on trains anyway? Only only dickheads talk on trains, I feel like.
2: Yeah, you know, I, think, yeah I think...
4: Everyone p- wants to keep to themselves, have a nice convert. This should just be regular law, I think.
2: This should be law across the world, but it wouldn't work in Australia, unfortunately, because our train system is actually fueled by Karens getting up and doing racist rants on on trains from Gosford.
3: Yeah, or the Newcastle line uh, yeah. with
2: the black going,
4: Yeah, g'day, mate. Hey, yeah. you want some beer? Got any titties?
3: That
2: bloke. Exactly. So, it
3: got just, any
4: titties, sir?
3: <laughs> I, I took the overnight train to Melbourne once, and it literally that was all it was. It was just drinking for twelve hours. It was yeah. quite fun. Um, so you think you think no speaking of public trip, but well, e- no, I'm even just to saying your loved just, I, ones.
2: I'm saying it's a great idea. I'm just saying it wouldn't work in Australia. Our, our trains would grind to a halt. Like, they do would, anyway. To be fair, th- there would yeah. be no internet content left if we didn't have racist rants on public transport? What what would we watch? Well, they'd have to just do it on
3: Zoom.
4: <laughs> what would be the point of trains then? There's <laughs> well, no point. That's why you catch a train, to, to see a racist be mean to someone.
3: Now, in Hong Kong, uh, they've had an outbreak lately too, a second wave. What they've done is they've banned... Um,
4: this feels like their third or fourth yeah, second wave. I feel a few like waves. every time I read the news, I check in with Hong Kong every couple of months and it goes, Hong Kong's going through a second wave. I'm like...
3: Mm. This is another wave. It's very high tech. There are always a few waves ahead of the rest of the world. But um so you can have weddings in Hong Kong. Mm. But what you can't have at the wedding is food or drink. So um that's it. So you can you can just go and watch the ceremony but have no
2: fun at all afterwards.
4: I mean I haven't ever been to a wedding but isn't the whole point that there is an open bar?
2: Yeah. Look I I'm I'm up with the food thing. I think that that's fine. Like who cares? In fact fe- in fact not having food just it helps I mean, you get drunker. Yeah, exactly. Have a better time. But I think there yeah, is a bit of a what, there's a loophole here that that I think you should use, yeah. which is okay. You're not allowed to drink, but you are allowed hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm just saying to
4: drink the hand exactly. sanitizer or just to huff it. Yeah. Because I feel like I've smelt a hand sanitizer and definitely, it's it's
2: whatever floats It's affected your, me. Whatever floats your boat, Nana. Whatever floats your boat. This is a wedding.
4: Have you noticed a different hand sanitizer smell like different types of alcohol? Like mm. the Woolworths one smells like tequila, yeah. but then I went to like the Harris Farm one; it smells like vodka.
2: Yeah, well, I don't even
4: go shopping anymore. I just go around to different, you know, mm. grocery stores and and squirt hand sanitizer. Well, you and can, you taste can't it. go
2: to pubs anymore, so I just go to chemists and and um yeah.
3: Actually, guys, I've got a I've brought in a really lovely vintage chemist own aloe vera hand sanitizer. Today, if you want to just try a shot. <laughs>
2: This goes very well with tonic, actually.
3: But, Charles, you cry at weddings anyway, mm. so
2: wouldn't you just spread your viruses everywhere anyway through your tears? I know, I'm a real sucker for weddings. If you ever want someone to genuinely sob at your wedding, just invite me. Nina? You, Is this you, true? Next time you get married.
4: I, mean, I he, don't know he, if that's true or. F-
2: no, it's, it's true. true. Charles got really? engaged. I he got sob. engaged. I sob. At another it's wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> just
3: going, we should do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's very romantic. I just think, Charles, if you'd never been to that wedding, you may never have gotten married.
2: Nina, you you may think of me as this stern, steely exterior.
4: It's true, I do.
2: This rock, very of, much so, just non-emotion. Unfeeling. But I'm actually inside, just soft and gooey, like the rest of us.
4: Gross. <laughs> Next question. So, in
3: Tokyo, uh, what they've done in Japan's done really well with COVID in general, but they've banned kissing in bars. Uh, unless it's with your partner. So you can't have a kiss with a new person in a bar and specifically it says you can't kiss employees. And was this an issue that needed to be controlled?
2: Well, well You're the expert in Japan, Nina. Like, what is going on with bars in Japan?
4: I don't know. I feel like no kissing in bars is actually quite a good rule. I feel like Japan's no. done it again. What? this, You know, no. Just, we're superior, Japanese people. We're, we're ahead of the curve. Well, you well, know, they haven't gone to a lockdown or anything and now no kissing in bars. It's what's, fantastic.
2: What's the point of going to a bar if you can't kiss it's somebody other than your partner? Like, <laughs> but also, is the whole point of going to a bar.
3: I mean, I've been to my fair share of bars in Tokyo and no one ever kissed me, so um, yeah, I was ahead of the curve there. But, no, but Although, isn't that fun?
2: Except isn't, for employees, Dom. Oh, right. But isn't everyone <laughs> wearing a mask already? Uh. I don't know. Maybe
4: you can kiss people through the mask. What's the consensus on that, the little loophole there? Is it really kissing? Well, if you,
2: if you had a loophole, it would work. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that, that very
3: supposition takes us to New York. Uh, I think they've rescinded an embarrassment now, but the health department put out guidelines suggesting wearing a mask while having sex. Uh, and they said, you know, <laughs> make it a bit kinky. Role play with the masks. Mm. And I just wonder, what is the role play like is it nurses and doctors is it like some sort of weird torture
2: thing like No, it's, it's two people infected by covid coming together
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe that maybe the game is like um security guard um <laughs> quarantine person
2: yeah. look i th- i think this has completely destroyed kinky sex like like now the the kinky thing to do because the government's now said oh this is you, know, you should have kinky sex so now the kinkiest thing you can do, which is really forbidden, is to just have sex in the missionary just position. Face- missionary. Yes, yeah. exactly.
4: Um and well, the- do you know a fun fact, you can't actually get coronavirus from having sex. You
3: Whoops. can get
4: it though from eating ass. So so I mean, I'm not saying that it's a good idea, but I think that like it would technically work.
3: That's right true. okay so, like according
4: is, to science it would work
3: It's really really
2: interrupted all the And
3: r- then eating. you don't have mm. to
4: like ki- you just like you don't have to kiss people you don't have to like look at them you know I feel like it's well,
2: Okay it's good so you're saying everyone. This is backed by science
3: But there's some interesting logistics here cuz the the guidelines go on and make it a little kinky they say be creative with sexual positions and physical barriers like walls that allow sexual contact while preventing Close face-to-face contact. Is is, is is the New York Health Department advocating glory holes at this point?
4: Yes. I think so. Yes. I certainly hope so. You know, not enough governments have advocated for glory holes.
3: It's true. <laughs> and now, uh, off to Indonesia where there are all kinds of different rules around the country. Uh, in in the uh, region of Badung, if you're caught without a mask, to get a free one from a police officer or whoever and comply with the law, you have to do push-ups or dance. You have to do something, some sort of physical display and then they'll give you the mask that you're supposed to have to wear. The other thing you can do is sing the National Anthem, which I think has obvious shortcomings. But um,
4: Hang on. So what is the reason for this display? Is it, to, is it to show that you're fit and you aren't coughing after doing push-ups or is it just to show that the police officer that you're a good, tough, a big, tough man that can do some push-ups? I
3: think it's just supposed to humiliate you a bit, punish you in some sort of practical, immediate way. Drop
2: and give me 10 and I'll give you a mask.
4: I feel like doing push-ups is like a flex. You do 10 push-ups and you're like,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think this is social Darwinism because the people who are not going to be able to do 10 push-ups are these sort of overweight people with comorbidities that are then going to die because they don't have a mask and they can't do push-ups. It could be. Well, here's
3: something that I think really could be quite fatal. Uh, In central Java, there's one village that has made everyone who's returned from outside the village, they're saying you've got to do quarantine. But not only have you got to do quarantine, you have to do it in a haunted house.
4: Like, do you have to do two weeks quarantine in a haunted? I don't know if
3: it's two weeks, but you've got to spend some time, several nights in the haunted house before they'll let you into, the, into your village.
4: What, like a real haunted house or like a fake circus haunted house with like <coughs> performance? or in a real ghost <laughs> Ghostly haunted house. Be,
3: if, if it was some shit carnival, that would actually be quite funny. No, it's look, it's a, it's, it's a, a genuinely haunted it's house. It's a house that is yeah. said to be haunted. Like the village yeah. believes that it's haunted.
2: I think wow. this is good because talking to people who have been in compulsory lockdown, apparently it gets really, really boring. Mm. So you know, having a bit of jeopardy, thinking that your life was in peril twenty four mm. hours a day, would at least it would give you something to live for. Yeah, an evil poltergeist would
3: actually. You know, pass the time better than staring at the wall.
4: But you know how, like, if you have um, the hiccups and people go boo and they scare you and get mm. rid of the hiccups, I mean maybe their theory is that the ghost will go boo and then they'll scare the coronavirus out of you.
3: I love it. Could be. Uh, but things get darker still in another part of Java. So in East Java, and this is absolutely true, at least it was in the news, um, if you don't wear your mask in public, the punishment is you have to help bury COVID victims. Oh my that'd,
4: God! That'd look extreme, perhaps. That is very morbid.
3: Yeah, but look, I mean, if Bunnings Karen was forced to go and bury a COVID victim, she might think twice.
2: It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: I know. Horrible. I feel like I'm. I like a hard line, and even that, I was just like, <laughs> man, like seeing a dead body is, yeah, is definitely.
3: I assume this one on the side who shouts, "This is your fault."
4: Yeah, although it would be, what if, you know, what if it just, like, sparked something within you you didn't really know about and you, like, got a new fetish by accident or something?
2: Accidental necrophilia. Yeah.
4: Maybe, like, you know.
2: Well, as long as they use a glory hole, it'll be completely safe.
1: The Chaser Report, news you know you can't trust.
2: The Chaser Report is brought to you by the COVID-19 vaccine. You know what Australia really needs, Dom? A solution to climate change?
4: A redistribution of intergenerational wealth?
2: That's right, a vaccine. Have Have you got got one? one? No, but I'm very proud to announce that we've got an announcement about one.
3: Well, that's almost as
2: good as the real thing. It sure is.
4: You know what Australia really needs? A vaccine against premature announcements.
2: That's a great idea. Let's announce one.
1: None of the medical
2: advice contained
1: in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice.
4: The Chaser Report. Well, that's the wrap up for today, and um, we don't have any late breaking news. It looks like. Oh, hang on, it's Rebecca de Unamuno with the breaking news.
1: Stefanovic has been sacked from Channel 9 after he revealed his heritage was not exclusively Anglo-Celtic. Asked who would replace Stefanovic, a spokesman for Nine said they would conduct a rigorous recruiting process after which a friend of one of the producers would be given the job
4: listening everyone and thanks to our producer mike liberale you can download us wherever you get your podcasts or head to chaser.com.uslash slash podcasts for more episodes and feel free to give us a five star rating if you have the time
2: absolutely five stars five stars at, no no at,
4: more no less or six. <laughs> out of 10 <laughs> um and now we're going to leave you with a very important so now we're going to leave you for an ad for a very new important documentary. So you've mm. all heard of Craig Rucastle's Planet A, right?
2: Yeah, Fight Please. for Planet A. What a, what a com- stirring do- piece of documentary. He used to be funny, that guy.
4: Well, Charles, you've actually come out with a brand new documentary oh, too.
2: absolutely, yes. And look, in some way, you know, I never like to shit on my colleagues, but, you know, this documentary is so much better than Craig's.
3: In fact, it features you literally shitting on Craig, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, let's check it out. You've all watched the fight for Planet A. So informative. Packed with practical tips to reduce your carbon footprint. By just
2: swapping out a couple of red meat meals
3: a week to plant-based options, the boys could make a significant reduction in their food emissions. That
4: nobody's ever going to get around to actually doing.
3: Popping this foam inside the unused fireplace will help stop the draft. Yeah, I'll do it next week.
4: Introducing a new documentary from Charles Firth, which delivers a more realistic approach to our climate challenge. Okay,
2: the Earth's fucked because everyone in the world is an apathetic shithead. So I reckon we pack up and we go to planet B.
4: Packed with informative tips on how to get yourself the hell out of here.
2: Okay, if you want to get enough money, to make it onto Arc A, I suggest investing in coal mines and fracking operations, especially the ones that pollute the local water table. They're always the most profitable.
4: Including thoughtful advice on how to look after your family.
2: Okay, your kids are dead weight. Ditch them and your partner by telling them you're just going out to get some milk and then never returning.
4: So pack up and go to Planet B, a realistic approach to climate change. Tonight on ABC TV.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands.